Time is running out for the planet Earth. It's impervious to all voices. There's an intriguing sensation. It's a nuclear device. Fun, fun, fun! Yes, that's nice. Statistically speaking, of course, it's still the safest way to travel. It belongs to a creature from outer space. It's a bird! It's a plane! It's very important. It does not confuse you. Hi, everyone, and welcome to an all-new episode of Geek Shell and Heron. I'm Daniel Pickett. I'm Jason Lindsay. And I'm exhausted. Me too. Why? Uh, tell me why. Well, for me, it's, uh, you know, when, when Netflix does those... Uh, you know, they they put out those seasons and you can watch the whole thing yeah. in one sitting. Yeah. I watched, uh, I came home from work yesterday and I watched seven hours of Orange is the New Black. Wow. I have to be honest with you. I tried the first season. I couldn't get through two in a row. Really? I mean, I, th- I didn't think it was bad or anything. It's just, you know, every women's prison cliche you could possibly come up with. Uh, is in it, but you know that's a, that's an interesting thing. This could be an entire episode in itself. Are, is there going to be an entire uh, new younger generation of TV viewers that are going to be more used to the what do they call it? Not the binge the binge watching. You know where like you take a weekend and grab yeah, a box set, or you do it you know the Netflix way, you know the Netflix original series way, where you know us kids. Well, us old kids, you know, they had to wait every week or wait a season or whatever. Is that is there, is there a phrase for that yet? Is there going to be a term or a an epidemic name for that? Where you, I don't I don't know that anyone has named that. You know, yet. but don't you think that's that's happening where people are people are discovering TV shows in a completely different way and oh, it totally. Is. Uh, it, you know, I think it's really you know cool. I think it's kind of the same thing about, you know, iTunes or just how people find music, you know, it's great to, that they're hopefully they're exploring stuff, but at the same time, there is a big, there is a chunk that's missing there with, you know, the, the week to week kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's funny because it's kind of one thing to, you know, and we started to see this a bit with, you know, whole seasons being released on DVD. It's like, oh, well, I'll go grab that, catch up, and then I'll be ready for this next season. Right. But for these, like, Netflix shows, it's like if you binge watch them all in 48 hours, then it's a full year before you see another season. Yeah. yeah. So it's not like it's sort of you catch up and then it's parsed out week to week, you know, for the current season. Uh, it's it's just this weird instant gratification that happens once a year. Yeah, it's really odd. And it's kind of, um, you know... Shows were designed a certain way, you know, like with the climaxes and like, oh, this thing is, you know, like Game of Thrones is a perfect example. And I am I am not completely versed in that universe, but I've been trying to catch up, you know, this season and 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 watch every episode. Um, The last two. Are you up to date on it? The last two episodes? Uh, Okay, I don't want to say too much because uh, for people that maybe haven't seen both of them, but I watched those last two back to back. And of course, the second one. Each episode, essentially, you just know something's going to happen, whether it's a five, six, seven on the one to ten scale or it's like an eleven. Something is going to happen. Um, Most of the time, it really is like jaw dropping moments in television. Um, This last one, that climax, like 
And you, you yep. knew something was going to happen. You knew something was going to go terribly wrong here. Yeah, never quite. You know, you, you hope it's going to be, you know, not, not to give too much away, but you hope it's going to be sort of a, hello, my name is Inigo Montoya, you killed my father, prepared to die moment. Well, I mean, of course, that, I mean, how anyone on the planet could not be thinking of that that entire time, I don't know. But, but you do, but yeah, but, you know, you, it's going a certain way, and even at a certain point in the middle of it, before you even get to those moments, you're thinking, something, this is just too good. Like, something's going something's gonna to happen here. But then, even when it does happen, it's so shocking, and it's so hardcore, and just, oh my God, that it seems to be one. And, and Mad Men, have you been watching Mad Men at all? I have, yeah. Absolutely. That is weird into extremely bizarre territory this season. Because there's a song and dance number? Well, that, and then the kid, what's his name, uh, Epstein? Who was who the kid? Oh, yeah, yeah, with the computer. What the hell was that? <laughs> I mean, and this is a show that's, you know, it's known for doing some weird stuff now and then. Um, you know, the lawnmower thing. Remember the lawnmower thing from a few seasons ago? Uh, yeah. yeah. But that one, the nipple thing was just, what the hell? So there's a, there's a few things out there that still have that ability to, to really shock you, and you got to wait you know, six, seven days to get to the, the payoff or like, where is it going to go next? But um, yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's the old thing. Like we always talk about, like, I'm so glad that the biggest revelation in our childhoods, I personally, I think you, you knew before you went in, but I had no idea the whole Darth Vader thing when I went into the movie. Uh, So luckily that, that surprise was. No, I didn't, I didn't know that one. Oh, you didn't. Okay. So, no, I I, I I had got the like the big oversized comic adaptation for Jedi before I saw oh, Jedi. Okay, but, that was, but Empire, I totally went in. Okay, cold. good because that's like that's a seminal moment in our childhoods. Totally. And um, you know, you could, I just don't think you could do that today. I mean, I get well, and we'll, this is relevant to what's going on recently with the new Star Wars thing. I get. I mean, Abrams is already secretive. Sometimes the secretive stuff is just kind of ridiculous. It's just like. Come on, give us something. You know, it's 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 it may not make any difference, but you know, I, I like being in the dark for a fair degree. I'm not the you know I know some people that like leave a theater when trailers come on. They can't they literally can't sit and watch a trailer. Um, I'm not that guy. Like I I can I want to see I want to be teased. Does that mean they just show up late to everything? No, they they sometimes they'll, they'll I've been with a couple different people where they just they'll get up and leave the theater. And kind of hang in the wings and come back you know, five, six minutes later and, uh, you know, watch it. a different trailer they don't care about. But the one that they care about, they won't they won't even I, I, I don't get that. I, that's trailers. The whole point is to get you intrigued, but not give too much away. Well, it's fine. This is where I think we're to the point where we're going to dovetail into what I'm excited about. Yeah. OK, good. Uh, which is the the leaked photos from the Star Wars set. Yeah, which which uh, one of the two thousand that got leaked? <laughs> well, there were there were quite a few. Jeez. But it was all just sort of weird behind the scenes stuff. It's a lot of extras, a lot of just set pieces. Right. Uh, the, the first go around, right. there was a, a big sort of practical pig monster. He's cute. I like that guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the next day was uh, photos of the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Which uh, being built, which was pretty incredible. Well, don't you just but love the fact that they're there seems to be so much practical stuff going on, so many practical sets, like real flesh and blood 
sets and ships and things. I mean, there was an X-Wing, too. Yes, kind of. Well, kind of, yeah, but but it's kind of like, wow, they, you know, because he, he'd said it. I think Abrams, I read it somewhere where he was saying that they weren't going to try to rely, you know, it's obviously going to be a shit ton of digital effects, but he wants to go practical, you know, where he can. Um, right, which is clearly what they're doing, yeah. And I right. hope they continue that with all the others. I mean, you know, like the whole Hellboy thing, like the creatures in Hellboy, you know, that, that the, in, like in Hellboy 2, the, yeah. the market, I would take that any day over, you know, anything from like the prequels with the, you know, all the CG creatures. I, I'd rather have the practical stuff. Yeah, uh, I'm okay. With it. But I'm sorry, continue. You were saying... So there, because all this stuff leaked out all of a sudden, I, I've seen a couple of people, like one guy wrote this big open letter saying, hey, Disney, you've got this rare opportunity to just shut down everything mm-hmm. and literally do nothing from here on out, mm-hmm. not even a trailer before the movie comes out. It would be unprecedented because you already know everyone's going to go see this regardless. Right, that's true. Yeah. There's, there's not going to be anyone that's kind of sitting on the fence going, I'll oh, wait and see. <laughs> I'll wait till the DVD for the new Star Wars movie. So there's probably no other film franchise you could do that with, where you just go blackout until it opens. Yeah, that's true. Now, now that would, you know, that's going to make people all the more desperate to try and find stuff out and reveal stuff and get in and, and see stuff. Right. I, I'm sure. Right. But uh, yeah. but it would be. It's an interesting. It's an interesting idea. idea. It's interesting because you're right. I mean, the, the, at this point, the only reason to be showing anything. Is is really just to please the fans. It's not about, you know, we're a little worried that <laughs> we're a little worried we might not get enough attention for this thing. I mean, yeah. don't you think? I mean, if you really break it down, the only reason to show anything at this point is just to make fans happy. And it's it's interesting to me, and I don't know if this is Disney or if this is J.J. Abrams. Uh, it's almost that sort of distraction technique where you're showing them just enough, but you're not showing them the important stuff. Okay. You know, just that, that, that first picture that was like J.J. Abrams, Kathleen Kennedy, and R2-D2, like announcing, right. you know, his cast. Right. Uh, the first read photo, uh, you know, and, and then these photos that leaked, you know, there's a lot of people speculating, did they leak or were they released? Right. You know, you just send them well, because there was nothing so like groundbreaking, like, oh, my gosh. Well, now we know that he's, you know, Darth Pantsless or whatever. But don't you think that's kind of how I mean, there's been a bit of that in the past with some of the other like the prequels where you're just getting little little tastes or a shot, you know, or like a. I remember when um, there was a Time magazine cover for the special editions and it was a huge article on the re-releases and the effects and the whole Jabba thing. And then there was a tiny sidebar that was about the first of the prequels. I don't think it even had a name at that point. So this must have been 97. And there was just one, you know, is it Doug Chang? Was that the guy that was the, that was the, the Ralph McQuarrie of the new? Yeah, films? yeah. You know, uh, just a shot of like a shuttle dropping people off. In you know, and with a blue sky, like in a city, or so you didn't know what it was, but it was just it was so nondescript, you had no idea what. But that was the first like production image or painting that sort of came out for that. You had no idea what it was supposed to be. So they've done bits of that. Um, yeah, but yeah, but, but Abrams so traditionally does not do that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So is it Disney wanting to do that, or is it Abrams like, well, if the, if it 
we know people are going crazy for this. What if we control the flow? I, I would imagine it's the latter. I mean, don't I mean, it's just I, I'm just shocked at the number of photos like there was so many pictures. And like, how do you what's this person carrying around that they can they can do this? Do you know what I mean? Like, like it can't it can't be anything too too obvious that someone's going to... Well, yeah, they were, they were all camera phone photos that looked like... I mean, you know, I mean, wouldn't those be sort of, you know, checked at customs or something? <laughs> like, <laughs> you would... Taking your phone for the day, like, you yeah. know, you're, you're doing an extra work for the day, and I, I think we'll confiscate your phone just in case. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, there was... But then again, you know, I saw something on the news the other day that blew my mind. Someone had camera phone footage of President Obama working out at a hotel gym. Right, yes. Okay, and and then when they when they someone said something to the secret service, well, it's no different than you know nothing to be concerned about, but it's no different than, you know, uh, if you were to go to a restaurant with, you know, family or friends and we just kind of alert them ahead. It's like, "What? Wait a second. First off, he's just working out at a hotel gym. Don't you kind of clear the gym?" You would think so, yes. You know, or or just kind of have secret service go around and go, "Hey, listen, um, do you have a camera phone? Would you mind not filming the president while he works out? It's kind of, you know, it's not national security, but, you know, I just couldn't believe it. It was like, really? Like, how is that not, how is the room not, you know, I mean, because knowing the, the other, the weird side of like, you know, celebrity riders, for, you know, or, or how uptight they get at junkets or whatever, and like, what you can't, don't have the brown M&Ms or any of that stuff. It's like, this is the president. Somebody yeah. film him doing a workout. Just that was so odd. Um, so the Star Wars thing was just like it wasn't just. I remember seeing the first bit of the article and it was like, oh, there's going to be a couple of shots, but there are like two sets. I think one set's like 25, and the other set's like 43 pictures from from the set. Yeah. That's a lot of pictures. Well, the next day after the Millennium Falcon photos were released, JJ issued a response. Uh, via the Bad Robot uh, Twitter feed. Oh, he did. And it was a, it's a picture of a piece of stationery. You know, it's of his, you know, it says J.J. Abrams at the top. Uh-huh. And it's, it's a handwritten note, and it says, I wish people would stop leaking photos from Episode 7 and making ridiculous claims that the Millennium Falcon is in the movie, J.J. But the note is sitting on top of the hollow chest table. Oh, Okay. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. So he's, I don't know, it do, It does seem, it does, you know, because like you say, if, if you can control it, then, you know, it's not like, I don't want to make it a big conspiracy, but make the make the fans and the public think they're getting something super secret and get them more excited. But you could still be, you know, the ones that are controlling the flow of information. Right. You know, I just find it. See, I like the whole um, people are even getting uptight about the what's the little thing he did for the contest. You could be in the movie kind of thing. Oh, yeah. The the course of the force, not course of the force, but force for change. Right. And the, the that video the, of the, the Muppet from Labyrinth, the, not Labyrinth. Uh, <laughs> from the Dark from Crystal. The dark crystal well, yes. For the pod people, yeah. The ones that went all oh, oh. the, the podlet. Well, no, those were the mystics. The mystics. It looked more, a little more like a mystic. Like an ostrich slash mystic kind of. It looked like the little podlings to me. See, I thought the little guys on the back looked like the podlings. Oh, the okay. guy walking, but you could tell it was the dude in there, 
you know, walking, yeah. walking a Muppet. I thought that was kind of cool, you know, <laughs> just like just this thing walking in the background. It got me kind of excited, actually. It was kind of fun. Totally, yeah. Um, but then well, the other thing I, with the with those set photos, the thing that I, I'm most excited for is that they are clearly using some of Ralph McQuarrie's original unused designs. Uh, from what what are you noticing? Like where specifically? So so that X wing that they showed. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the wings are closed, it's got sort of, instead of, you know, you think of the engines, there's one on each four wings. Mm-hmm. In Macquarie's designs, it looked like one engine when the, the wings were closed and when they opened, each had a half. Oh. And that X-wing's got that, you know, it looks like they just have one engine on each side. And then uh, that entrance to the desert thing was something he designed for Jabba's Palace originally. Oh, cool. That's Now, this is, you... Is this something you just caught right away because you you know the the you know the portfolios from before or like how did you put that together? Yeah, I've seen that and several people have posted some images and and even went so far like I guess that entrance has been used uh, like they used it in uh, Clone Wars, the Clone Wars animated series too. Oh. So it's kind of a neat thing to tie everything together. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. So people have found you know gone back and found those paintings. Oh, that's cool. Posted side by side pictures. It's like, oh, wait a second. That's cool. So, so to go back to his stuff, so that it does feel like that original universe. You know, again, I, we hope we're not disappointed by this, but everything we hear is like that's exactly what we've wanted. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. Everything, uh, and then there's new casting, of course, that's that's uh, been announced last week. Um, but everything. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Everything. You want to talk about that? Yeah, if you can pronounce the people's names correctly because I forget I forget the British woman's name and then the other woman I can't pronounce her name. Uh let me see if I can look that up. Yeah, so it's the one of Bullet Travolta. <laughs> Adi Menzi. <laughs> but uh, it's kinda like I hate to keep beating this dead horse, but just about eighty percent of what I'm hearing from Superman versus Batman, it's just kinda like they're having a meeting going, how do we keep Lindsay away from this movie? Oh well, let's do this, and it's like okay. Well, you're you're batting a thousand. That's that's great. That's going to keep me away. But everything that's going on with with this thing um, so far has just been hitting the the right buttons. However, there was just an announcement about one of the spinoff movies. I'm not really that bothered about the spinoff movies. I mean, I'll obviously see them, and I'm curious. But you know, I don't really care to know the life story of Boba Fett. I don't. I'm not really keen to see someone else play a young Han Solo necessarily. It still could be really cool, but yeah. I just it doesn't doesn't you know doesn't thrill me, you know. So the casting news is yeah. uh, Lupita Nyong'o mm-hmm. from Twelve Years a Slave. Yes, she was fantastic in that movie. She's going to be in that, and also Gwendolyn Christie, who is Brienne of Tarth in Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's great casting alone, just because. She's so, she's such a presence. She's such a, you know, what is she? She's like seven foot nine. She's a giant. Yeah, yeah, I mean, she really is. I mean, I think she's got to be like six, seven or something, right? She's a, she's a tall drink of water. Yeah. And, you know, put her in something because it's, you know, she's great in Game of Thrones. But um, yeah. uh, that, that's a great, it's like when you hear Andy Serkis. For Star Wars, you go, oh yeah, of course, yeah. you know, or Max von Sydow, you go, yeah, of course, you know. But you know, then again, I remember having the same kind of vibe with the prequels, 
when you went, oh, Christopher Lee. Remember how excited you got when you heard Christopher Lee was going to be in the prequels? Yeah. You know, and then you saw the character name was like Count Doodoo. <laughs> and then, uh, or even Terrence Stamp. I was like, wow. I mean, I love Terrence Stamp. Um, <laughs> you know, he was the, 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 the face of, you know, sort of one of the faces of mod culture in the, in the mid sixties, you know, he was like the James Dean kind of thing of the, that, that era. Uh, yeah. and then he's in the movie for 13 seconds, clearly acting in a room by himself, Yeah, you yeah. know, with a piece of cardboard in front of him or something. Uh, but everything they're doing with this is, is exciting to me. So, um, there was something else maybe that, was there something else that, that happened since we spoke last about Han Solo or something. Well, there's uh, I posted this on over on the GSI Facebook page the the talk of Robert Pattinson oh, potentially being let's not even Indiana Jones. Let's not even do this. I mean, I can't. I'm grumpy about the whole thing because you know, being proprietary about it, I know it's going to happen at some point, and like I say. People, other people have played Batman, other people played Superman, James Bond, of course, one of my favorite things. I shouldn't be that uptight about it. But for some reason, it's really hard to get my head around just who it's going to be that is going to do this, that's going to try to you know, pull this off. But I know who it's not going to be. I mean, when I hear names, I just go, no, why would you? And I've seen this guy. See, you and I, we watch a lot of the same stuff, but then... I'm more of a masochist than you are when it comes to shows or movies. I, and same with my wife. Like, I'll say, why? Well, so she's like, oh, I can't do two minutes of that. It's like, yeah, but I got to see it. So I can, if I'm going to bitch about it, I can at least say, I saw the thing. I gave the guy another chance or whatever. Um, so I've, I think I've seen at least two of the Twilight movies. Holy smoke. Yeah, at least two of those. But I also saw him in, I saw him in, Chocolate elephants, what's it called? Water for elephants. Water for elephants. Water right. for elephants. And something else. Well, of course, Harry Potter. You said about the Harry Potter. Harry yeah. Potters. And he's not he wasn't awful in this um you know, he's in one he's in one that's gonna come out with, with Guy Pierce. Have you seen the trailer for this thing? I don't think I it's have. like a post apocalyptic kind of thing and Guy Pierce is a real, you know, badass, and I forget the gist of it, but it's it's kind of a it's kind of the two of them, and there's other characters that show up, um, and I forget the director, but I I, I remember seeing a, you know, the trailer, thinking, oh, that's an interesting choice that that this team of people that are making this thing chose Pattinson, you know, maybe there's something there that I haven't quite seen yet, so you know, I don't think he's like, you know, god awful or anything, but. Boy, he is in those damn vampire movies. They're like, but it's extraordinary because everybody in those things is terrible. <laughs> Every word that comes out of their mouth is just awful, and they they don't, they don't know how to deliver this stuff or something. I don't know. But that's yeah. I, I just thought, wow, all the people, uh, Pattinson. But um, you know, hopefully we're far away from that. I mean, the thing I heard, the rumor that I keep hearing is that. One of the reasons it took so long to announce <clears throat> Harrison Ford for episode seven was they were trying to figure out where he was going to fit into this story or beef his story up for the first entry, which I'm guessing means, you know, killing him. 
and then, you know, having everybody else, you know, step it up in the second and third, um, or that they were going <clears> to <throat> beef it up so that there was also going to be a spinoff so that Han Solo was sort of in, in your brain all the time, but also that he was negotiating about another Indiana Jones film or something. Okay. That he wanted to do that in between, um, and that was part of the overall deal or something. But, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I still think he looks great, and, you know, depending on what this thing is, could do it, could pull it off. But you do start to stretch the, <clears throat> the credibility at a certain point if they don't move very, very quickly. And I'm not sure I want to see that particularly. Although I always talk, every time Crystal Skull comes up, I mean, everybody just says it's, you know, atrocious. And I don't think it's great, but I think he's great in it. Uh, yeah. And that, you know, that was enough for me that I can look back, I can watch it again and just enjoy him, you know, seeing something we never thought we'd see again kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, it does kind of, you know, it starts off kind of strong, I think. There's some good stuff in there. And then, of course, you know, it goes the way it goes. But that's well, fine. I saw it when people were talking about the the Robert Pattinson casting rumors. Someone I can't remember who it was, but someone online was like, "Why are we even talking about this? Have people not heard that Nathan Fillion exists?" Well, yeah, and see, you know, it's funny you say that because I always thought he would be an obvious person to be in one of these new movies. Yeah, in some capacity, you know, because I always say that's beyond all the shit that we've talked about that went wrong with those prequels and how. You know, too much information was filled in or, or too much that we, we already knew got changed that didn't need to be changed or the force or Boba Fett or whatever. Like, I didn't need to see Boba Fett, you know, the it, you know, father and son routine. I don't care. That, I don't, that never should have happened. You know, none of that stuff. Um, but one of the things that is so obviously missing from those movies is a Han Solo, is yeah. a voice of, of cynicism. Everyone is just so uptight and proper, and there there needed to be that that balance, and you needed someone like a Nathan Fillion who who would be um, great. Is his show still still going? Is that that movie or that show that he does? Uh, Castle. Yeah, is that still? Yeah, it's still going. Well, good for him because every damn yeah. series he did lasted like a season. So that's that that's is, good. It's going strong. But yeah, I mean, would you be happy with him as Indiana Jones? I, th- I think so, yeah. But the argument that everybody makes is they're going to go younger. Because I said, uh, someone made a comment, it might have been uh, Pugglesworth said something, you know, when I mentioned Timothy Oliphant, because I like him, they yeah. said, well, he's just too old already. They're going to go with someone that's, you know, 15 years younger so they can build, you know, those stories. But I think it needs to be someone like that. I mean, Harrison Ford wasn't, you know, 25 when he got Indiana Jones. He was... Right. Was forty? He was probably I think because yeah. he was he was thirty three or thirty four in Star Wars. Yeah, you know he was well well older than the, the other guys. Speaking of which, great picture uh, came out this week of Mark Hamill. Well, it's great, Mark Hamill. It's bizarre that he's lightsaber lightsaber fighting with Mickey Mouse. That's it. Well, it's because this is the this weekend is the Disney Star Wars weekend. Yeah, but it's still so they're traveling all these actors around, including Billy D. He's in the Star Wars weekend. Well, he, not in the film yet, but he's he's trotting out for Star yeah, Wars he's weekend. Still not associated with the with the film in any way. Not that we've heard. 
Wow, boy! Because I'll tell you what: if 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 he gets wind of that they they signed Lobot up, he's going to be pissed. Yeah, that's not going to make him. No, happy he's going to go on like a five state killing spree. Well, Lobot is that that spinoff movie, right? Yes. What that, uh, the in betweener? How did Lobot get the job? Yes. <laughs> that's a deleted scene with Lobot when he gets busted on Bespin. That deleted scene, he gets like he gets hauled away by the bad guys, and then Lando comes swooping in to open a door or something. So he's like a distraction for Lando to come in and do stuff. Uh, That was his finest moment that got on the cutting room floor. So what are you excited about? Well, I'm excited. We've talked talked to death about uh, Star Wars, which we're both kind of excited about. Yeah, I'm excited. Listen, it's, you know, excited is a a double-edged sword, as they say, uh, because... This is really cool, I think, but it's going to be a, a pricey uh, little gift. Um, as you all know, everybody knows, Monty Python and uh, the team are reuniting for um, some shows at the O2 Arena in London <clears throat> in July. They're supposed to be doing more shows after that, but it's not going to be the whole group. There may be some substitutes like Eddie Izzard, um, you know, Bob Geldof, no, I don't know. Other people are going to pop in and do stuff. Uh, but they're really trying to capitalize on certain anniversaries and the live shows and everything. And they've announced, I think this may be UK only, there is a CD box set called Monty Python's Total Rubbish. The nine CD set that's coming out at the end of June. It's like 75 pounds. Um, uh, that's like six bucks, right? Yeah, yeah. But um, basically, it's it looks like it's just about all the studio albums that they did. And, you know, I don't know how many Python fans we have that listen, but I'm one of those guys that, you know, had these records as a kid. I had the books, the records. I got all the records, and then I got them on, you know, I transferred them to cassette tape. Then I got them on CD. Then, you know, there was another box that came out 20 years ago, and, then they re-released a lot of them with additional tracks. So apparently this is going to be, you know, all the albums, the special editions with additional tracks, including uh, a seven-inch vinyl single uh, uh, of a rare, you can find it on eBay, but it's not easy to get. It's called Monty Python's Tiny Black Round Thing. It came out in 1974. It's like a flexi-disc. Uh, a book with liner notes, new interviews with the Pythons, four by Michael Palin, uh, original Python artwork and archive photos, all in an original Terry Gilliam-designed slipcase. Uh, comes out end of June, and it's, again, called Monty Python's Total Rubbish. And uh, I've got it on pre-order already. Um, and there's also an, another... They put out uh, 20 years ago... Sorry, 89, I guess? Nine, 89 or 90? Um, not long after Graham Chapman... Uh, passed away. They put out a compilation called Monty Python Sings, and, right? Yeah. And, and it, there were there were a couple of new tracks, but but basically it just called uh, you know most of the musical stuff from all of their albums and movies into one collection. They're re-releasing that. It's called Monty Python Sings Again, okay. and that has got about ten additional tracks, some of which are brand new. You know, new. Eric Idle uh, compositions. Uh, there's a new booklet, uh, new interviews with the Pythons. It's a two CD set. So that's out as we speak. But again, that seems to be UK only. Oh, actually, sorry, that's end of month as well. But that seems to be UK only. Um, I don't know if these are even going to be. I don't know how you can get these other ones. I don't know. 
Um, but um, yeah, so there's there's more stuff happening. Um, I think there's going to be a big announcement soon with the the original series itself um, being available on like a Hulu or Vudu or Doodoo or whatever. Oh, come on. At some point. Um, so, you know, I love those guys and, um, I love, you know, any, any, any new tidbits that are, that are happening. I, I will get, I will pick up, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, we always say there are these, these things that we love, comedy, music, you know, actors, whatever, they're not, you're not going to be around forever. That's right. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but, uh, real time with Bill Maher the other night, uh, or last night, John Waters. Uh-huh. You know, God, he's just such a one of a kind, John Waters. Like, and I'm not even like I don't own one John Waters movie. I have the he did a book called Role Models, which each chapter was like someone that was a big influence on him. I've got a signed copy of the book that I picked up at a bookstore in London. Um, I just missed it. You know, he did a signing, but I just yeah, yeah. A couple of friends went to that. He's just so one of a kind that I I, he, I laughed so hard at the five minutes he had on the show. That I just was like, oh, you know, he's he's not a young fellow anymore. You know, we're not going to have these guys forever. So uh, enjoy them while you can. But anyway, that's what we're excited about. We have a shit ton, as the kids say, of topics to get through. Um, Lots of stuff happening. So why don't you take it from here? Oh, gee whiz. Uh, So, yeah, the latest news that just came out today was more about Ant-Man. Yes. There's been a lot of people uh, rumored. I think we talked about that in the last episode. Like, had already uh, been asked and declined. Yeah, all, all to in direct. the same sort of vein. All in the sort of comedic vein. Yeah. Yeah. But they just announced today Peyton Reed is going to direct the film. And it's funny because the first thing when I saw that name, the first thing I thought was Fantastic Four. Wasn't he the name that got... Before Tim's story got Fantastic Four, I thought it was going to be a Peyton Reed film. I think that's right, yeah. So uh, he he was going to be dabbling in the world of comic book films way back when. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's a pretty good choice. He's done some, some all right stuff. Yeah. And then Adam McKay is going to do a rewrite, who most folks will know from the Anchorman films. Oh, okay. Because they were talking to him about possibly directing. Right, and he passed on it almost immediately, I guess. Okay. Well, that's cool. Um, yeah. Well, on that note, I guess we should continue with the comic book news. Again, Again, for me, I, I went on a bit of a rant last episode about everybody just shut the F up about Marvel and suddenly going, well, you know, Marvel's just getting it. Everything just looks the same. It's like, really? Well, you're not looking hard enough. I'm sorry. But every just about – I had this conversation – with our good pal Alex Ross the other day, our, yes. our, is, does biweekly mean every two weeks, or does that mean twice a week? Uh, it depends on who you talk to, actually. Oh, okay, well, let's say okay, it's every two weeks. There's a biweekly, you know, yeah, major, you know, ticking all the boxes. Because you know, I love it because he's the only human being I know that I can be. <laughs> he can be Wikipedia for me. If I go, okay, so the post-credit sequence in X-Men Days of Future Past. Now, what does that mean? Now, who is that guy and what is the uh, – and then I can, be the, I can be Ain't It Cool News because half the shit I told him, he had no idea. You know, it was already three-day-old news, but because he's not on the internet, 
I get to be the one to tell him this stuff. So, um, and we, we had this conversation. We, I said, across the board, and I'm not talking about the standalone Fantastic Four movies. I'm not talking about the, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans or, you know, Blade or any of the other stuff. From Iron Man 1, from John Favreau, 2008, Robert Downey Jr., Iron Man 1, forward in the Marvel Studios universe, who could you say is the is the weakest casting idea or the one that you might go, eh, that's a bit of a misstep. Not a big deal, but that, yeah. Who could you who would you say of all those films? Could you pick a character and go, eh, not sure about that idea? Uh, I don't know that I would have that. I mean, I have to think about that a little bit. The closest I could come, and we almost said it at exactly the same time. And I'm just hear me out when I say this. Okay. Mark Ruffalo. I love Mark Ruffalo. I, I he's 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 not hugely different <laughs> in everything he does. But right. The vibe that he has, I always I remember him in a movie called Safe Men. Did we ever talk about this movie? Did Did you see this movie with Sam Rockwell? I did. Yeah. It's, it's a great. That movie. is a great freaking movie. Sam yeah. Rockwell, um, uh, uh, Paul Giamatti, Michael Lerner, and who's the other guy? Steve, Steve Zahn. Winston Churchill. Winston Churchill, Nipsey Russell, <laughs> yes. Steve Zahn, Timothy Zahn. No, not Timothy Zahn. Timothy Zahn wrote it. At, no, that's not. It's part of the Thrawn trilogy. It's not. Oh, it's sorry, not. it's not. Completely it's different. Completely different. And, and Mark Ruffalo. Remember he's yeah. the ex-boyfriend with the mustache? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember him in that. You know, that's, I love this guy. But... You know, not that there's a the definitive vision in my head of who Bruce Banner is supposed to be, but if you put two pictures in front of me, I'm going to lean toward an Ed Norton type more than a Mark Ruffalo type. Right. You know, but but that but that's that is, but to be fair, they have not given him a lot. No, that's that's true. And but I'm and I'm saying I mean, even if I don't even want to use the word criticism because if this is yeah. such a light observation, this is such a like, you know, it's not like when I heard. He was going to do it. I went, oh shit! You know, I was like, oh cool, Mark Ruffalo. That's that's great. But I mean, of anyone, that that's about the only criticism I could make. That's about the only thing I could go. Well, you know, I'd prefer if maybe it was someone like so and so. I don't know. But anyway, I don't. I don't really feel like Jeremy Renner has you know come alive as as Hawkeye either. Like, oh my gosh, there's the definitive. You know, he's just kind of oh, there's Jeremy Renner in a costume. Yeah, but see, that's the funny thing too is like. I don't think Renner's a bad actor. I don't think he's bad and stuff. I've yet to really be, I think he's good in his stuff, but I've yet, I mean, I've seen like six or seven things he's done now. And I'm just like, okay, he's, you know, it's Jeremy Renner. He's whatever. Um, Anyway, so here we go again with a couple of, uh, one solid announcement and then one rumor. And I go, yeah, shit. Yeah. What a great idea. Uh, Josh Brolin, they've cast as Thanos. Uh, which I don't is he appearing in Avengers two? Is that the gist? Uh, apparently he's going to be in both. You know, I hope this isn't a spoiler, but he's going to be in Guardians and Avengers. He's going to be in Guardians. Avengers three. Avengers three. Okay, so Guardians is the next thing that you'd see him in. Apparently, so, so that's yeah. what the announcement is referring to. Okay, so yeah, because uh, Karen Gilliam plays his daughter. You know, she's that character is Karen Gilliam's daughter. Not Terry. Uh, uh, Karen Gillan. 
Karen Gilliam. Did I just say Terry Gilliam? <laughs> it sounded like Terry Gilliam. Is that what I said? Well, I, heard, I thought I heard Gilliam. But yes, okay. So there's that. And then the rumor going around now, uh, I think it's a fairly strong uh, rumor, like based in fact, that Marvel is looking at either Benedict Cumberbatch or Tom Hardy to play Doctor Strange. Well, there's one other name that they were throwing around. Well, was that bullshit? The guy from... Um, Jared Leto. Jared Leto? Yep. Oh, see, I heard about a guy, he's, he's, um, he's kind of Middle Eastern looking, um, I can't think of the stuff he's in, he's really good, but he's been in loads of stuff, but his, oh, he's, I think he's actually British, but his name came up a couple weeks ago and then it just disappeared, and I thought, okay, that must have been B-crap. Uh, Jared Leto, oh, that's, yeah. I might be okay with that, too, I, I, that's, that's okay, but But it's funny, because... The same thing happened with Thanos. Uh, the two days before they announced Josh Brolin, uh-huh. the internet lit up with the rumor that Schwarzenegger had been cast. Oh, see, I didn't even see that. And then finally, like the next day, Marvel came out and said, "Nope, here's Josh Brolin." And then uh, the Jared Leto thing started, you know, trending and going everywhere. And then the next day or so, it was like, "Oh no, Tom Hardy or Benedict Cumberbatch." Oh, interesting. Okay, because Cumberbatch to me physically kind of seems like. He would be Doctor Strange. Um, the Brolin thing I find interesting because it's almost like, it's almost like he was one of those names, myself included, that people were kind of throwing around as a possible Batman. That would have been right. like, oh, you know who would be good if you want a hardened, you know, Bruce Wayne that's been through some stuff. Josh Brolin could be that guy, you know. And then it's kind of like it didn't happen, and it's almost like Marvel's going, okay, we'll take him. You know, you guys did, okay, you know, we, we're we're listening. We'll do we'll do something with him, um, so that's kind of fun, I think. But then you just told me about Channing Tatum is going to be Gambit. Yeah, they announced that. Uh, gee whiz, when was, that was right around the X Men movie came out. So this is, but this is. Not- I think it was it was the same day that all that the like the Batman suit, oh, like was revealed. Okay. Marvel put out the Channing Tatum is okay, going to be so this is, standalone Gambit. So movie. this is this is not a Marvel thing though. This is a Fox thing, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so okay. So, and Channing Tatum is one of those people, I, I never thought I would say this. I do not mind this guy. You know, I, I, one of the first couple of things I saw him in, I was like, who the hell is this dude? Um, but he kind of grows on you. Like, yeah, even the Jump Street thing, he's, he's got a charm, and he just seems like a nice guy, and I think he's actually pretty good, you know, acting-wise. Um, you know, I haven't sat through yeah. all of Magic Mike. Right. It hit, just it hit you only watch it about fifteen minutes at a time. Yeah, it hit a little too close to home, you know. Right. My past creeping up on me. Uh so I can't you know but he's I think he's he's pretty good. So I'm okay with that. But he he's gonna have to do an accent. But see I first thing I think is like, why don't you get John Carter? Why don't you just call Taylor Kitsch and get him in there again? Right. He's doing loads of stuff. John Carter didn't hurt him in any way. Uh and speaking of him and Bruce Bruce Banner, um the HBO, the, the normal heart, the HBO uh, adaptation of the, of the play, the AIDS thing. Mm-hmm. Holy shit! You really have to be tough to sit through this thing. It's, it's. You need a couple of days to recover. It's pretty, it's pretty brutal, but it's very well done. But um, if you want to see a, a, a different side, several different sides, to um, Bruce Banner and uh, John Carter, uh, then then check it out for sure. Uh, he's but he, Taylor Kitsch is great in it. He's really, really good. He's, I think he's been good in just about everything I've 
I've seen. Um, yeah. Oh, you know who somebody said? Uh, actually, I was at dinner last night with some friends, and uh, the Indiana Jones thing came up, and someone said, um, what's the guy's name that was in Tron 2? I can't remember it. Oh, like Sam Witwicky or whatever? The the kid who was his son? No, Sam Witwicky was, was... was. Are you talking about the son? Was the kid from Transformers. Was, uh, was it, yeah. Shia LaBeouf's name in Sam Witwicky. Uh, but are you talking about the trial? Yeah, the kid. His son? Bridges' was, kid. In, yeah. He was in Friday Night Lights, the movie. Right. What the hell's his name? Garrett Headland. Garrett Headland. Garrett Headland. That was yes. a name they, that my friend threw out. I went, oh, yeah. That, that might be okay. He's, he's got some yeah. presence. Um, so there's that. Um, we talked about Star Wars. Uh, speaking of more casting, again, don't have a huge problem with this. Uh, the new Daredevil series that's being done for Netflix. Yep. Um, was it Charlie Cox? Is that his name? I believe, yeah. British actor. Uh, yep. He's kind of fresh-faced. You know, he's kind of cute. Um, that's the only thing I kind of go, maybe is he, he's a little too, a little, he looks like he's about 12, you know. But I like yeah. him. I've seen him in a few things. I, you, you mentioned Boardwalk Empire. Um, I remember him in an, in an episode of Downton Abbey. He was very good. And, uh, yeah, yeah. and Stardust, if anybody's seen the Matthew Vaughn-directed uh, Stardust, which is a Neil Gaiman story, he's the lead in that, and he's terrific in it. Um, so I'm cool with that. Again, another another good good bit of casting. Totally. Um, yeah. Let's talk toys for a minute. They got to make him a ginger, though. They do. Yeah, Daredevil's redhead. Is he really? Yeah. Has he always been a redhead? Really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I ever knew that. I thought I just you always have... thought he had be like brown hair. Yeah. Well, he doesn't know. Does he? <laughs> he has no idea what his hair color. is. That's true. Um, let's talk toys for a minute because All right. um, lots of crap floating around out there. Uh, I got, I don't know about you, but I got my Funko Rocketeer action figures. I don't have that yet, but I've got, I'm going to place the order this weekend. They're fun. I mean, I'm just... I guess Entertainment Earth got them first. I guess they have like an exclusive window okay, yeah. for most of the reactions. Well, I guess things. everything else has been pushed back indefinitely. Like the only thing... Uh, except for Goonies and Escape from New York. Yeah, everything else is just like there's no definitive on when stuff is just coming out. Um, Rocketeer, look, I'm just excited to have a Rocketeer action figure. I'm excited to give my wife's nine-year-old nephew, who I just turned on to the movie, and he loves it. I'm excited to be able to give him a, a Rocketeer toy, you know, and I, a honest-to-goodness action figure. Um, I'm not going to get into critiquing it uh, necessarily, but it's, again – very apparent across the board that we're not concerned about likeness issues whatsoever with any of these properties. Um, <laughs> not even the Rocketeer. Though I don't know what they're going to do because they're doing a six-inch Rocketeer as well, right? That's right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they're either going to do them helmeted or I don't know what because it's not going to look like Billy Campbell. Um, and it's always tricky doing a figure with a helmet because you either the helmet is either going to be too big or the head's going to be too small and disproportionate. Um, I wish more people, if they're going to do it, would do... Remember the time that Toy Biz put out... I think Toy Biz put out uh, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. I forget which one this was, but it had a rubber mask. Do you remember that? 
Sure, yeah. They did it in both the, the 6-inch and the 12-inch. Really well done. Wait, they, Toy Biz did a 12-inch Maguire with the, with the rubber mask? Yeah, it's a couple of them. There was one with, that came with uh, 12-inch... Uh, Mary Jane? What's Mary Jane in the white dress, and then there was another huh. one that came with uh, Doc Ock, 12-inch Doc Ock. Well, the 6-inch the one or whatever it was was great. That mask was just... It just worked so well. Um they should do like a fitted kind of a helmet, you know, for some of these figures and make that make that work. Um, I'm sure if you go back and get that figure now, that mask is disintegrated. Yeah, you're, yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, they need to make it with asbestos. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because that's never harmed anybody. Um, the Michael Keaton Batman we talked about. I still haven't found him without the mask. I did find the penguin, which I think is beautiful. Yeah. Really, really nice figure and again we never got it that's right we got we got the repainted superpowers what a weird do you have you are you're a superpowers guy do you have any idea besides obvious you know cost stuff any idea in the whole universe how or why that happened uh it might just be that uh, a they thought the the movie version was sort of too horrific Mm -hmm. at the time to put a put a toy out or uh it might just be they didn't get any reference in time so they had to sort of swing for the fences with what they had do you remember how people were just this is this is you know how long we've been buying some of this shit um when that catwoman figure came out how people were just like killing each other to get that thing oh yeah well you remember the robin figure too robin didn't end up being in the picture oh yeah but uh he was Originally, he was going to be one of the Wayans brothers in the cast. Right. So that action figure, even though it has black hair, has this weird sort of kid and play afro. That's right. You know, they would just sort of like, well, I guess we sculpted it. Let's release it. And there was like a little, there was a Robin vehicle as well that became really hard to get. That was actually in the animated series. But wasn't, they didn't do one? That was the Robin, that was the Robin dragster that. The molds burned up, and it went for crazy money. Oh, okay. I thought it was like it was something that was going to maybe happen in the movie. So that was that was an animated thing. Do you remember the? Yeah. Oh, God. Do you remember the the? I had some of this stuff, but this was a really cool toy. Do you remember the the Batman Returns Batmobile? That, that yeah. split apart. Yeah, yeah. That was a cool into the, into the missile. That was a freaking cool toy. That was really neat because they put because they. They did a. There was a bat boat too, right? Yeah. Kenner did a bat boat, and then because well, for Batman Forever, they did that giant bat cave, that three tier yeah. thing, or that three piece. Well, they also did, that thing's fantastic because really like, Toy Biz had the bat, the first Batman film. We all know how that went, and they were way overwhelmed, <laughs> and the stuff trickled out, you know, whatever. But it, you know, it it still sold by the truckload. Um, but then when Kenner got and did that Dark Knight series, that Dark Knight collection, yeah. didn't they do a Batwing too? They did a Batmobile yeah. and a Batwing, and the, they were beautiful, like the Batwing. Well, Toy Biz did a Batwing too. Toy Biz did Toy Biz did a Batwing too. Yeah. See, I don't remember that. I remember they had the they had the Batmobile that had that the cocoon, chin, the chintzy cocoon, the chintzy yeah. cocoon. Yeah. See, I don't remember. Oh, maybe I do remember the Batwing. But you remember how hard it was to find some of that stuff? Like, they just couldn't keep it in stock. Yeah. They, they, there wasn't enough of it made, and they couldn't keep it in stock. And then they remember they resculpted his face like eight times. Yeah, yeah. The different the different Batman's. 
Um, and then finally, you sort of had a Nicholson Joker in the Dark Knight series, kind of. Kind of. It's about as close as you as you got. Um, yeah. So there's that. Um, um, what else did I? So so, but with uh, yeah, you got some I, other back, stuff. Back to the Keaton Batman with uh, without the mask. Yes. There is something really wrong with that figure. Uh, they the the factory. I, I don't know if the 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 tamp the spray mask was off or whatever, but he looks like sloth from the Goonies. He has one eye that is significantly lower. Oh no! And it's it's just in the paint. You can see the sculpt is still there and it's just off. Oh, no. But I've seen probably six or seven pictures of different people from different parts of the country finding that, and every single one has the the sloth on. Oh no! And they're terrible. So I hope they do another run. Oh, that's that's, too bad. that's a real shame. Yeah, because it looked like the the prototype shots look like it looks like a good sculpt. Yep. But do you remember the one that came out again? I think it was for Batman Returns, right? It was a it was that Dark Knight series. Okay, so it was a it, okay Dark Knight. Where you'd snap on the arm. Yeah, and it was that was a yeah, yeah. great sculpt of Keaton. It really was. Yeah. That was like ninety ninety or ninety one or whatever it was, and that was a that's still a great sculpt, yeah. and actually works really well. I used to see. I always liked those figures where you'd snap on or you'd put on the head or whatever, because they what they started to do was that thing where you know Bruce to Batman or whatever, where they had the spring inside the torso, so when yeah. you push yep. the head down, oh, yeah, yeah. it went inside the torso, and then right. the other head went on top. But that one actually worked pretty well for the time. It was a cowl that had a little cape attached to it. And when you put it on the Keaton head, it actually, you know, wasn't half bad. It, it looked it looked kind of cool. Um, you know. But then, the, like, those spats and those gloves, when you'd snap those on, those looked kind of ridiculous. Well, yeah, he had, like, a black turtleneck and whatever. But, I mean, it was, you know, for the time, it was, it was I mean, we were excited to get this stuff when we got it. Cause it was like, totally, yeah, I've still got that figure. I think I have that. I might have that. You know, I've got, I think I've got one of those carded. I certainly have one loose on display, but I've also got, um, this was one of my first Comic-Cons, I think. I've got a carded animated Bruce to Batman signed by, um, what's his name? Kevin, um, Kevin Conroy. Kevin Conroy. Oh, nice. Uh, who couldn't have been a nicer, uh, fellow. Um, yeah, I think I've got that signed by, by him. That was a weird that that was the Comic Con. It might have been ten years ago now, eleven years ago. I, literally, I'm out drinking with my buddy the night before. We're just talking about Comic Con. Hey, should we go down? Yeah, why not? Picked him up in the morning. Just drove down on Saturday morning, and uh, was kind of we're kind of shocked by the lines. And I bluffed my way in. I, I said made up some. We had like a, a film crew to meet. Why weren't they here? Where are my press passes? I gave a couple of business cards, and we got passes and walked around for the day. You could never do that today. No. You could never just drive down and park in a parking garage and, you know, walk right in. It just couldn't happen. You, you couldn't even drive down and park in a parking no. garage. No, you couldn't. Quite frankly. You could not. Um, uh, yeah, speaking of, that's weeks away. Uh, yeah, I can't believe how fast that's coming up. Yeah, we've, uh, I always have mixed feelings about it as it gets closer. Um, but we'll talk about that as it gets closer. Uh, did you see that uh, Mattel has that Goldfinger Hot Wheel car? I did, but it's like seven hundred dollars. Oh, is it really? Well, no, it's like I didn't see if they released a price. I thought it was like eighty bucks or like hundred bucks or something. But it's a Hot Wheel. 
It's a Hot Wheel, and it's in a snazzy little package. Yeah, I, I don't... It's a bit... It's a bit pricey. Um, yeah, I wasn't... Uh, I wasn't in a hurry. Someday, before I die... We're getting so much great stuff these days. You know, people are even talking about this Kickstarter stuff. Like, people are doing... I, I personally... The, a lot of the stuff that's out there, I have no interest in. Um, there's, like, a Clash of the Titans-type thing that someone's doing. There's a Skeleton Warriors thing. Um, I have no interest, which is probably a good thing, which means I don't have to buy this stuff. Um, but I love that, you know, when something does come up that is in my wheelhouse, that somebody goes, okay, we're going to do, um, you know, I don't know, The Man from Uncle or whatever. You know, it's obviously going to be this particular property, but we can't call it that or whatever. You know, that there's an outlet to, to do that or to make this stuff. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm I'm excited for the Skeleton Warriors thing. I collected that old Playmates line. It was a fun. I never collected it, but I've always thought they were neat because it was an original yeah. concept, right? It, it's yeah, Playmates. Yeah. yeah, it was a great. And uh, and they made an animated series, which I think I've watched a little bit of, but wasn't that impressed. But yeah, it's October Toys. It's going on right now. They're doing a Kickstarter campaign, and they'll be like Glios compatible. I think they're going to be about the same scale as uh, the Four Horsemen Power Lord stuff. Okay, so. I don't get the whole Glios thing. Uh, I mean, no offense to anybody. I mean, I'm not knocking it. I just don't. I don't get quite. Do you do a lot of that? Like you swap your your bits out and attach them to other things and put them. I on... beg your pardon, sir. <laughs> to use the vernacular. Uh, do you do that though? Do you take your different figures and put swap heads and arms and leave them that way? A little bit. I mean, I, you know, it's easier when you. I mean, I I haven't bought any you know the original Glio stuff done by uh, you know the O'Neill stuff. Uh, I think I've got one of those that someone gave me. But you know, you can do some fun sort of army builder stuff with the Power Lords. You know, swappable heads. Right. And, uh, you know, you can make some like transformations well, since that was it, part of the action feature of it. Well, but. the Power Lord thing, if it's the if it's you know Adam to or the you know the Adam Power to Power Lord or whatever. But if it's like. You know, Grip Dog to Adam Power. You're not going to stick Grip Dog's arms on Adam Power and like leave it like that, are you? Maybe you're not. You're not. You've never done that in your life. In your I've done that. You're just not going to do it. Uh, but I, you know, it's it, you know, it doesn't have to be that sort of. But with the uh, with the Spy Monkey stuff, yeah, I've, there's been a lot of people make some really cool cool stuff because they built it to be that interchangeable, you know? Yeah, no, I get, I get so the, what it is. The weapon ears of... Yeah, I just, I don't know, it's not... Um, but you just said something, you said you just said the Power Lords oh, man you said something that made me think of another line that was coming out, or something ah, oh, crap uh Four Horsemen, Power Lord. Wait, now they're doing something too, right? Are they doing some kind of a mythology or, or, or you know, Greek mythology or something like that? The the Horsemen? Yeah. Well, yeah, they showed that at uh, at Toy Fair. Oh, the Bird People? Uh, no, no, the Bird People. That that was the Kickstarter that's already funded. Right, that's, so that's that's moving yeah. forward. This is going to be their next. Okay, one. what is this one? Uh, well, let me see what it's called again. I don't have it off the uh, top of my head because it's been since February. Uh, and the one, but yeah, they're, they they don't want to do that uh, quite yet until the bird people come out. Gotcha. You know. Well, the one that's up, the whoever those guys are that are doing the um, the you know t- Clash the Titans. I mean, it's it's near as damn it to Clash the Titans. It's pretty close. 
but you know, it's kind of cool that they're able to do it without having to step on any toes or, you know, worry about, about anything. Um, you know, there's like a Medusa and a guy that seems like Perseus and, you know, um, variants that are happening and stuff. And, uh, yeah. Um, mythic, mythic legend, mythic, or mythic, I'm sorry, mythic legions. Mythic legions is the name of the, uh, the four horsemen. Um, now you've already gotten all your guardians of the galaxy goodies. Uh, I've got all the six inch. You got all, all the six inch figures. Yeah. Including Nova. Yes. Yeah. I got to find Nova because I couldn't, when I ordered him from, um, Amazon, they didn't have him. So I got all my other guys. Yeah. Uh, but I need to get a Nova. Um, but those are nice. Those are, those are pretty, pretty neat. Um, yeah. A little bummed out that Rocket Raccoons, uh, he, he basically can barely, he can't hold his rifle. Uh, his big, big giant star rifle, laser rifle. Oh, really? Yeah, that kind of uh, bummed me out. I have to admit, I'm kind of interested in, there's like a talking, like a 12-inch talking Star-Lord. Yeah. It's got Chris Pratt's voice. Yeah, yeah. And a talking rocket. And the rocket talks as well. But is that, um, what's his name? Is it his voice? It wasn't at Toy Fair because they hadn't announced that uh-huh. yet. So I don't know if they changed that to... That drives me be. batty. You know, when I see, like, these Disney Star Wars, the Han Solo and the Stormtrooper, are, have you seen these in person yet? No, I haven't yet. The audio feature on these things is extraordinary. I mean, it, it is the oh. cleanest, crisp, most, just fantastic audio of a figure I've ever, you've ever seen. Um, Stormtrooper is, you know, and the thing is that, that's great about them is their films, I mean, I'm not sure a Stormtrooper said a word after Star Wars anyway. I mean, different, not, you know, Stormtroopers, but maybe like a biker scout or whatever. But every single thing a Stormtrooper said in Star Wars, this thing says like 23 different phrases. It's like every bit of dialogue. And then Han Solo, every bit that he says is from Star Wars. So they're they're movie specific. So they're going to probably do a, you know, an Empire Strikes Back Han within a bunch of you know, quotes from that, but they're the, I love that they take the time to go in and get the voice and, and do it. So when, especially when it's new stuff, I just, I bugs me, I bugs the crap and they don't get the real audio clips. I don't know why that is or why that wouldn't be included in the deal to just take that out of the film, but they just get somebody to go in and go, you know, I'm Spartacus or whatever. <laughs> Not Spartacus, but you know what I mean. Right. Uh, when is the new Spartacus line coming out? By that'll the way? be out in 2016. Um, uh, Biff Bang Pow. We finally talked to the uh, Kubrick estate. Nice. We finally got that that ironed out. Um, I mentioned. Did, speaking of Kubrick, though, did you see that letter that came out? No. What letter? Uh, I just saw it pop up this week. That I guess in in 19. 19- 70 or 71, Kubrick got wind that the studio was talking about making a sequel to 2001 without his permission. Okay. And he wrote, I guess, was it MGM uh, that, that put it, it out? It was MGM, yes. So, so he wrote a letter to the head of MGM saying, basically, uh, I hear that you're planning on doing this without my permission. Just so you know, I've got that prop from uh, still from 2001 of the monkey bone that they threw up in the air. And if you move ahead with this, I will track you down 
and stick that up your ass. You know, and he probably wasn't being ironic. I don't think he was. No, he wasn't he was being very. Well, you know the story about Clockwork Orange that he pulled that film from the UK because there there were there were in in the early seventies there there were a couple of terrible things that happened where these young you know a little group of four or five you know group of youngsters four or five kids here or there or whatever were beating up some old people uh, supposedly having walked out of Clockwork Orange and been inspired by it in some way. Well, that was enough. I mean, it wasn't like a rat, like 70 people got beat up and stuff, but that was enough uh, publicity that soured Kubrick, and he, he pulled Clockwork Orange from theatrical release, and up until, I think up until seven, eight, nine years ago, you could not get that on DVD in the UK. It was illegal to, to have to, to show that in a theater, and I, I don't think you could get it on DVD. Uh, it finally got lifted, though. I think the, his widow finally um, lightened up a bit. Um, but, uh, oh, he's a trip, man. We could do a whole episode on <clears throat> on Kubrick. But I, did I ever tell you that uh, a few months ago, because I've got like the Blu-ray box set, the Kubrick stuff, I don't know what... I must have seen something documentary or something recently that made me think of 2001, and my wife was like, you know, I've never seen that. And she's seen some of the Kubrick stuff, and I thought, well, because she loves The Shining. We love The Shining. She loves watching it. Okay. But I thought, 2001, you know, like, we're never going to pick a Saturday night and go, hey, honey, should we put in Clockwork Orange? That'll be fun tonight. Let's, let's you know, order some Chinese food and put in Clockwork Orange. Like, you know, it's, Kubrick is here and there. You know, you can't, yeah. you know. I thought, 2001. I thought, you, I, you know, yeah, we can watch. You're going to, I don't think you're going to like it. I mean, it's can be tough to get through. She loved 2001. Oh, nice. Could not stop talking about it. It just, it just stayed with her. And she wasn't bored. Um, she wasn't, you know, lost. And right. we weren't on LSD either. See, we, we did that too the other night because I, I, I really dug I, – I like 2010. Mm. That's a hugely I, underrated uh, sci-fi movie and or – Sequel. I think that's a really underrated movie. Totally, yeah. And uh, there was something that my wife was talking about. I think she was talking about, you know, she wanted like a swimming pool that was like partially indoors and partially outdoors someday. And I was like, oh, look, you can get one. It's got like dolphins in it. <laughs> so I wanted to show her that movie, but I'm like, well, you can't really show someone 2010 without 2001. Yeah, no, you definitely need that. Yeah. So we went and grabbed that off. Uh, you know, on demand uh -huh. and, you know, same thing. She sat and watched it and was fascinated by it, you know, cause she's, you know, she comes from a background in production. So, right. you know, all those shots and stuff and, you know, being able to do that back in the day, you know, like those tracking shots of the guys in the space station and just like crazy stuff. Yeah, just the, like in her mind, she's just like, okay, I think they did this here and how were they able to do this? And, just the floating pen. You know, yeah. that, that was, that was, um, that was, that was a pen with a bit of sticky tape on a piece of plexiglass that he just, right. he just it, it, they, they moved the plexiglass in front of the lens to make it seem like the pen was floating or in motion. And he just pulls it, you know, off the plexiglass as if he's yanking it from midair. It's yeah. genius. It's all practical shit. And it was just genius stuff. Totally. Uh, but that's great. She enjoyed it too. It's funny because I remember seeing that movie when I was about, I must've been 11 or 12 and it was a, it was a reissue, re-release, and my dad took my brother Gino and I to see it, and I was just, I mean, I was mesmerized. 
I didn't know what to, I couldn't talk about it afterwards because I just I didn't know what to think of this thing. But, it, you know, I was a child of, you know, Star Wars and Empire and all that stuff. And my dad said, well, you should see you should definitely should see this movie. Um, this was before that. And I, I knew of it. I knew of it, I think, through through a, a, a Terry Gilliam cartoon in a, in a Monty Python episode <laughs> where okay. he, he, he does his cartoon version of the gorilla hitting the bone. Yeah, throws yeah. the bone up in the air. Like that was referenced even then. I, I knew what it was and the music and everything. But um, yeah, it's uh, 2010 is a, is a – I saw that in the theater when it came out. Uh, I think I did too. Roy Scheider, people don't know about this. It's called 2010, The Year We Make Contact. Obviously not a true story because that didn't happen. Uh, we know of. That we know of, but they take the character of Haywood Floyd, who you see uh, in 2001. He's the guy I just mentioned that pulls the pen out of the air, and he's the one who goes to Io, the, where, they, where the monolith is on the, the Jupiter moon. The last time you see him, there's that, that horrific sound, and all the astronauts kind of grab their helmets yeah, yeah, and you don't know what happens to him. But 2010 posits that you know he lived, and the Jupiter. What, what was that ship called? The Jupiter Two. Well, not Jupiter Two was lost in space. Whatever that big giant ship was, it's still floating in space. The Odyssey. The Odyssey. Right? Um, is up is up there, and they need to go get it or whatever. And so, so they want to reboot Hal and figure out what happened. Reboot Hal and figure out what happened. So so Roy Scheider plays Haywood Floyd. Um, and then they join up with the Russians. Yeah, the Russians are the one like they they want to find out what's happening. Yeah, and, and the Russians they give him the opportunity to find out what happened to the people he was in charge of. Uh, Helen Mirren plays a Russian. Yep. Um, Yak John Lithgow. Yakov Smirnov. <laughs> I don't think that's him. Plays. Uh, he does this bit where he says, "What a country!" All the time. In Soviet space. In in Russia, we do it like this. Um, John Lithgow is great in it. Uh, yep. Roy Scheider, uh, Bob Balaban is, plays the guy that basically designed Hal. And, yeah, he's great. And Kira Dulay, who played uh, Dave Bauman in 2001, he's in it. He shows up in it. And the guy who yep. did the voice of Hal is in it as well. And it was directed by Peter Hyams. Um, and it's um, it's really good. It's just kind it's of terrific. There's so many just great sort of. You know, just that whole, like, when Hal says, Dr. Chander, will I dream? Like, that just yeah. gave me goosebumps. Yeah, it's it's good, man, because it's, you know, it's you got to have ginormous balls to try to attempt. It's one thing for Arthur C. Clarke to go ahead and write more books around that story, you know, that the, what was it called, The Sentinel or whatever it was, that in, what was it, 2001? Because he yeah. wrote two or three books afterwards, including 2010. That's, that's his playground. But for someone to try to attempt a film, you know, and they very wisely were like, look, we're not going to do a Kubrick thing. That, that was its own thing. It's a little more commercial. Um, and it's, 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 I think it's a really underrated movie. And I don't know what, uh, but a handful of people that have seen it. Uh, so it's interesting that you that you saw it. I'd love to see that again. I haven't seen that in years. I just saw it again, you know, probably two months ago, and it totally holds it up. It, you know. it holds up pretty- yeah, I got to see that again. That's, that's, I'm going to put that on my um, my little to do list of sorts. Um, um, you saw you found some turtles. I understand. Uh, I did not. You did, but not. Uh, yeah, Jeremy from Spy Monkey found them. Hey, Jeremy, hope you're still listening. 
And uh, yeah, so, and, and I've seen a couple of other people have said that. But yeah, they're starting to leak out a little bit there. And even though it's it's ahead of the release date, he didn't have any problems buying them from, I think it was Target. You know, nothing popped up in the computer where you have to fight over oh, okay. them. About. Well, I've uh, yet to see any Guardians of the Galaxy in stores commercially. No, uh, The Lego sets are out. Well, no one's got any of the other stuff. Like, you can go to the Toys R Us website. Or, or Amazon, you can order the shit and have it dropped off tomorrow, but you can't go to a store to, to get anything. None of, nothing's out, which is kind of, I think it's kind of odd, and it's, you know, the time is ticking for this stuff to get out there and educate people on what this thing is going to be. Uh, yeah, I think it'll pop up any time, because that comes out in August. Yeah, so. exactly. Speaking of which, uh, this made me think of something, and the whole Funko thing. I picked up, uh, uh, Amazon was doing a West End, it, the, I think... Grand Budapest Hotel is coming out or something. And That's right. It comes out too. The Criterion Wes Anderson films were all like 50% off on Amazon. So I grabbed uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. It's like a Blu-ray, regular DVD, two, three-disc set with a, loads of extras and a roll doll documentary and all kinds of stuff. Um, I love Fantastic Mr. Fox. Uh, I think I've told you that I've got – the UK McDonald's did Happy Meal toys. Yep. I've got all those uh, other promotional stuff that I've, that I've tracked down. But wasn't Funko going to be doing reaction figures for Mr. Fox as well? Uh, I think those are actually legacy ones. Those are six inch. If I believe. oh really? Yeah. Oh cool. Now I have there are pictures of those guys anywhere. Like did have you seen these? Yeah. Oh really? Yeah yeah they had them at, they had them at Toy Fair. I've got them up on AFI. Okay I got to look for those then. So are those still coming out? Yeah, yeah. Oh, good, because I can't wait to get those. Oh, great. So those those are not going to be in the reaction range. Those are going to be six inch legacy things. I thought so. Yeah. Let oh, me, cool. That's even let me check That's again. even cooler. I like that. Um, so there's that, and then uh, I can't wait. We're getting very close to Comic Con. We may not be able to say anything or make any of the Biff Bang Pow announcements until then, but there's a couple of things that are brewing that are very cool. I can't wait to share them. Um, what about your guys' uh, like exclusives? When are you going to start announcing those? Um, there's a few announcements already on Entertainment Earth. There's, a, there's a, the Mike Tyson animated series that Cartoon Network's doing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Figure. There's, a, there's an exclusive Brock figure from Venture Brothers. And have you seen that with the G.I. Joe? I saw the Brock. Yeah, you guys let me reveal that. Yeah. But nor- you know, last year you had like a, like a countdown calendar where you revealed like one thing every day or something. Well, it's like. just, you know, a year without going into too many, you know, behind the scenes details, like, you know, certain licenses wind down, uh, you know, a parting of the ways with BBC. We had a lot of Doctor Who stuff last year. And yeah. when that winds down, that takes a good chunk of, of, of merchandise away. Um, oh, speaking of Venture Brothers, here's a fun thing. Um, went to dinner a week ago, uh, my wife, uh, we took her parents out for dinner. They came into Hollywood, and we went to uh, Musso and Frank. Now, Musso and Frank is one of my favorite spots in L.A. Um, it's the oldest restaurant in Hollywood. Have you been to Musso and Frank? I have. Well, you know that it's like you walk in, it's, it's just like walking into, into the past. You know, yes. The waiters are all... You know, have been working there since the 20s. Truly. And, you know, it is, you look at some pictures and it's like, it was there when this, it was just dirt roads. 
you know, yeah. and they say that, you know, Ch- Charlie Chaplin and Douglas Fairbanks Jr. would race each other in horse and buggy to get to Musso and Frank, and whoever was last would have to pay for dinner. And there was a, there's a booth there when you go in that's the Charlie Chaplin booth where he always sat. Uh, much of the, you know, architecture is the same. The wallpaper is the same from, like, 1920. The bar is reversed. Um, when you walk in the door, the bar is on the right side. It used to be on the left side. They picked it up and moved to the other side. But the legend is, you know, all these guys like Dashiell Hammett and, um, you know, Faulkner and, you know, Hemingway, those, you know, they pulled these guys out at one point, you know, in the, in the, in the 40s to come out to Hollywood and write screenplays. Right. And just gave them a ton of money to write stuff. And then things would just be halted or nothing would happen or they didn't come up with ideas. So they spent half their time getting, getting drunk uh, at Musso and Frank. And so when you go into that bar, it's like you think, well, this is, you know, Dashiell Hammett stood here and drank himself silly. In fact, every time, just about every time I've been there, I've had some kind of weird sighting. I was there once. The table next to me was, was Johnny Depp and Michael Mann. Uh, my brother Jack came in town once for a couple of nights, and I took him there for dinner. Best martini in all of L.A., by the way. Any which way you want to have a martini. Um, and we, we, when we were waiting for our table, we were at the, came over to the bar. This is one of the best sightings I've ever had in my life. David Carradine, Robert Carradine, and Keith Carradine. We're all, all meeting for dinner. And, and David Carradine came up behind Robert Carradine, like kind of put him in a bit of a bear hug, like behind him. You know, and he's like, hey, David. It was just really cool to see those guys. So we're at dinner, and the table across, like we're in this booth. And so if I look to my right, the booth, you know, across the, the way, you know, 10 feet away um, is Veronica Cartwright from Alien. Mm-hmm. Um, and her sister was the, was the Cartwright in Lost in Space. She wasn't the same one in Lost in Space, right? Uh, I don't know the answer to that. Okay, so but she was definitely. I couldn't stop looking, and my wife's like, "Will you stop staring at it? It's you know, knock it off, leave her alone." I, I got to say something to her. I really want to say something. Like, you know, I, I love that movie so much. You're so great in it, and whatever. Um, and then I so ah, forget it. I'm not gonna. And then as we're leaving, um, everyone's kind of using the restroom, and I'm waiting. In a, in a spot near this phone booth, and there she is. She comes out of the ladies' room, and I just went, "Oh, hi, hi, hey, hi," and she just looks at me like, "Do I know you? What the, f-? you know?" And she gave me kind of a funny look. She's like, "Hello," and she just kept. Well, and I wanted to go, ah, and I didn't. I didn't say anything. She just kept walking, and then I turn around two seconds later, and uh, Chris McCulloch, Jackson Public, from Venture Brothers comes walking through the door, and I was like, hey, man, hey, what are you doing? You know, uh, I hadn't seen him in, like, a year, uh, and we were just talking about the, the toys and the show and uh, maybe Comic-Con, coming down to Comic-Con. Oh, uh, yeah. But he was really excited about the new, the new figure. Um, but we got stuff. If you go to Entertainment Earth, they'll show you the, the stuff that's, that's happening. Um, All right. Some stuff for, for, for Penny Dreadful as well, which I think is really picking up steam as a show, but... Man, people are loving the the tarot cards. Um, we've got some exciting stuff happening, so it's it's we're just on the cusp of some some cool announcements that are going to happen, and I will share them as as uh, quickly as I can, as soon as I I can. Is there something? Cause we got to wrap this up, but is there something that you're, yep. you're seeing already at Comic Con that you're like, oh, got to get my hands on that right away? 
what's well the you know uh, Hasbro announced that uh, like the, those two Marvel Legends and Marvel Universe sets you know one's going to have like the Thanos glove and, oh right, um, right 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 like those those things are going to be tough grab yeah. But you know, gotta gotta kinda, gotta get those. Is there is there a Star Wars black like there was last year for uh, Han and and um... yeah, Star oh. Star Wars black is is the Jabba set that comes with salacious crumbs. Oh, see. And then there's a packet. There's a space in the package to put the Han carbonite behind him too. Yeah, I I don't know, man. But the Jabba will come regular in stores without salacious crumb. Just in the black package. So wait, you'll be able to get Jabba in the stores, and there'll still be a spot to put Han. No, no. So the only it'll just be the Jabba. Just be so the, it's the packaging and Salacious Crumb are the exclusive. I see. I see. Oh, I have such mixed feelings about that. Yeah, because it's a big figure. I'm not a huge, not a big Jabba fan. Uh, but you get to stand in line. That's nice, right? Yeah, it's always fun. Um, hmm. All right. Well, that that could be something. Yeah, nothing's really jumping out at me that I'm really thrilled about uh, Comic-Con. I don't know. That's probably a good thing because yeah, yeah. every year we come back with big sacks full of stuff. Um, okay. Well, there's the, that's a 90-minute chunk of fried gold there for you guys to chew on. But I think we should mention, so yes. we're, I don't know what day this is going up yet, but we recorded this on the 7th. We recorded on the Sabbath? The 7th. 7th? Yes. Yes. Of, of uh, June. Yes, we did. That is, the, that is the day, the 30th anniversary of Ghostbusters. Oh, speaking of. And the 29th anniversary of the Goonies. Well, speaking of uh, Ghostbusters, they just announced, I think yesterday, that they are re-releasing it to theaters in August. That's right, yeah. Which is very exciting. And a new uh, Blu-ray DVD set is coming out of both films that are going to have all the shit that was on the previous 17 editions that have come out. But there's going to be new stuff as well, like sit-down interviews between Reitman and Aykroyd. Um, deleted scenes from Ghostbusters 2, which I've never seen. Uh, those are going to be on one of the DVDs. And I think it comes with like a Slimer statue or something in one of the packages. Okay. Um, so that's cool. Yeah, that announcement was literally, I think, yesterday that that's going to be happening. So. Nice. Yeah, so today, 30 years ago today, Ghostbusters hit the theater. Correct. I was in the theater that night. You should go right now. I was in the theater that Friday night. I saw it the opening night with some some junior high buddies because it was the summer between junior high and uh, and high school. Okay. For me, anyway. Um, Wow, that was, yeah, like Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom had come out, like, the week or two before. Okay. okay. I mean, that was a big summer, you know? Yeah. Gremlins. Oh, totally. uh, Star Trek Three came out, I think, that summer, right? I think that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, oh, cool. Well, that, that's that's cool. That makes me yeah. feel good. Just thought, thought, thought that should be worth mentioning. Yes, very much so. I'm going to go uh, pull out my wand right now, if you know what I mean. I. I don't know and I don't want to. <laughs> well, we'll take some pictures for the appetite. No, no. All right. There you go, everybody. Enjoy that. Chew on it. Study it. And uh, we'll quiz you next episode. That's right. All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a good one. Bye.
Shiny. Let's be bad guys. of nature's deepest mystery.